Good morning, Harvest. All right. Hey, if you got your Bibles, open them up to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. We are continuing on and are running with the Giants series, finishing up um, Daniel. And uh, I'm really excited about this. You guys ready to go? You guys ready to hear about Daniel and the Lions? And I'm sure you've heard it a hundred times, but hey, we're going to be blessed by the Word of God this morning. Amen? <clears throat> so I- I'm sure that a lot of you guys heard this week in the news that we're being spied on. Did you guys hear about this? We are being spied on every day. Six billion phone calls that we make. The data is being collected on those phone calls. Is that kind of creepy? Okay, we're being watched. We're being spied on. Now, in light of this, I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, I would really hate to be the rookie. You know, they always give rookies the bad jobs. Um, the rookie who has to sit there and hear the junior high girl telephone conversations all day long, right? That's the one he's got to spy on, right? So did you like hear about Billy and Samantha? Oh my goodness. Like they're just totally like, no, but I heard that Samantha really likes Kevin. Kevin, no way, not Kevin. Yes, Kevin. Oh, he's so gross, right? And you know, you're, you're that guy. You're just like, you got to listen to this all day long. And fathers of junior high girls, I'm sorry that you do have to listen to that all day long. I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, I would, there, there's uh, just, I, I couldn't believe when I heard this week that, uh, that that's happening. It kind of threw me for a loop to say, man, people are listening to the things that I say, people are listening to things that I do. And, uh, and there's a sense in which, guys, we have to be very apologetic to those conspiracy theorists out there, all right? Because they've been right on this one, okay? They've been telling us for years, and they're right. They're right. Uh, but there, there's a sense in which this is true. For each and every one of us, I, I'm not talking about phone calls, but I'm talking about our lives. That we're being watched. We're being watched over, we're being picked apart. And we've been talking about persecution, and Pastor Ryan brought up uh, for the past couple of weeks, that it's going to be inevitable that our lives are going to face persecution. We're going to be faced with somebody testing us for our faith. And they're going to say, do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Are you willing to give it all? Are you, do you really believe this? And one of the strategies that they're going to use, that our enemies are going to use, is that they're, they're going to listen and they're going to look and they're going to watch carefully to see the things that we do, the things that we say, and how we live. And for some of us, they're going to find some dirt and they're going to throw it at us. And they're going to say, look, it's stuck. And your life's going to get ruined, and your reputation's going to get ruined, your witness is going to get ruined, and you have to start building back up again. But for some of us, they're going to say, I, I didn't find anything on this guy. So they're going to make stuff up, and they're going to throw it at you. They're going to try to see if it sticks. And so my question to you this morning is, if that moment comes, and when that moment comes, that somebody brings up charges against you, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready to face those charges? And as we look at the life of Daniel this morning, we're going to see how Daniel was ready, how he got ready, and how he stood up against this persecution. So why don't we pray together, and we're going to look at uh, Daniel chapter 6. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, bringing us together this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the king of all kings. Lord, we worship you with all of our hearts. And Father, this morning, I pray that as we read the word of God, I pray that you would make it alive and active, and let it do its work in our souls. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, Daniel chapter 6. Now, if you remember, we are in, uh, or Daniel's been exiled for a number of years here. And um, he's been taken outside of his home in, in Israel. 
And he's been living in Babylon for a while. So let's see what happens. Daniel 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give an account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And then the presidents and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of God. Now, I, I've, I'm, I'm curious about this. This is, I guess, maybe more for uh, my entertainment's sake. I don't know. Uh, but I, this is re- a really important part of the story here. What, you guys have heard the story of Daniel in Lion's Den you know, probably hundreds of times in your life. Uh, how old do you think that Daniel was when he went through all this stuff? If you think Daniel was somewhere in the age range of like 12 to 30, raise your hand. 12 to 30. Anybody? Right, smattering across the auditorium here. How about in the age range of 30 to 55? Anybody? All right. Okay. All right. Uh, how about in the age range of 55 to 80? Anybody in there? Okay. All right. How about like 80 to 90? We got one. We got just like last service. We got one. We have one correct person in here. Way to go, Jenny Mackey. You are correct. She gets a round of applause. Yeah. Um, Daniel was somewhere between 80 and 90 years old when he got thrown into the lion's den. And why is that important? Because Daniel had lived a, a faithful life for 70 years in a kingdom that was not his own. So the first thing that I want you guys to see uh, as we look at Daniel's life and how he faces persecution is this, is live a faithful life because you are being watched. Live a faithful life because you are being watched. So Daniel was being watched by the king and the king was trying to set up his whole kingdom and say, all right, now I, 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 people are greedy and people want to line their own pockets. How am I going to um, accomplish what I got to accomplish as the new king over here? And, okay, well, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise up responsible men, and I'm going to put them in charge over all this stuff, and then I'm going to put people in charge of them, and we're going to be good. And so what he saw was that David, I'm sorry, Daniel, uh, was one of those three men that he was going to put over the 120 satraps to, to manage the money, to manage the kingdom. Three people over the entire kingdom, the largest kingdom in the world. And then not only that, but listen to this, verse 3. But then Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So not only did the king see that Daniel was faithful enough to make him as one of the top three guys, but he also said, well, he's not just in the top three, he's the top one. Daniel was the most faithful and trustworthy man in the entire kingdom why because he was living god's law out in his life so as as we understand this live a faithful life because you're watched well the first way that we do that is to live a faithful life in public live a faithful life in public 
Because the king, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't a follower of the true God, but he looked at Daniel, who was a follower of the true God, and Daniel was standing up. Daniel was living righteously. Daniel, Daniel was living the way that God had commanded him to live. And that brought him up to the top of the ladder in all of Babylon. Brought him up to the top. Now that didn't make some people very happy, right? Because the other two guys who got passed over, they said, hey, what's up with this? That's not right. He can't pass over us. This guy isn't even one of us. He's one of them exiles out of Judah. What's he doing up here? And so what did they do? They began to comb over his life and try to find what was wrong with him. Look at verse 4. They, tried to, they sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error was found in him. So listen, guys. He, he was um, found to be faithful as the, king, as, as the other presidents try to come up and say, hey, let's, let's try to look at the way that he's bad-mouthing the kingdom. I know that he's an Israelite. I know that he came over from, uh, from that original uh, exile with Nebuchadnezzar. And so so that he's got to be planning something. So they go to people, hey, did you hear what Daniel was saying about the king? Did you hear? Did you hear? No, I didn't hear anything. No, well, he's actually, he actually loves the king. He's actually a pretty good guy. Ah. So they say, all right. Well, then they don't know anything. Well, then let's talk to his subordinates. Hey, how does he treat you? I'm sure that he cheats you. He takes your money. He doesn't give you your lunch breaks, right? He whips you a little bit too hard. No, actually, we like Daniel. He's actually a really good boss. We like working for Daniel. He's fair. He's honest. You always know what he's thinking. He's a good guy. Bah! Blast, right? So they couldn't find anything there. And so they they went looking through his personal life. Is he a drunkard? No. Does he sleep around? No. Does he go to parties and, and, and and just go crazy like the rest of the Babylonians? No, he doesn't. Why? Because he's faithful. And so I want you to see this. These enemies are prowling around like lions trying to find a way to discredit Daniel. They're trying to find a way to knock him out, but they just can't find it. Because Daniel's a faithful man. And I, I, I want to address something with you guys. There's this false notion that this is the definition of a Christian. Ready? Here's the definition of a Christian. This is a false notion. A Christian goes to church on Sunday. Now, and a good Christian serves on Sunday morning, whether it's a nursery or maybe a robe crew or maybe an usher or, a, a, you know, wherever. So a good Christian serves, a good Christian worships, and, well, you know, a good Christian will even give. Right? A good Christian will, will even give 10% of his money every week and, and give it to the Lord's service. But then the rest of the week, he can live any way that he wants. I could say what I want. I could do what I want. I could be who I want. Because, you know what, I paid my dues on Sunday and I'm set. And I know for a fact that there's some people in this room who are living that way. Because that's what the, what the Word of God says. And also because I'm your friend on Facebook. Right? It's just so simple. And, and yet there's, I, it breaks my heart to see saints say unloving, terrible things to people. To say, to, 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 to show pictures of them drunk or at parties. Or just live in ways that you know that they shouldn't live that is outside of the word of God. And you're like, you call yourself a saint. Because look, they're going to dig for your life. 
They're going to dig through your life and they're going to find it. And so I ask you, are you living faithfully to the Lord every single moment of every single day? Listen to this. Every moment of every day counts. It counts. Every moment of every day counts. The Lord doesn't call you to just a Sunday faithfulness. God calls you to an hour by hour, minute by minute, moment by moment faithfulness. Does that make sense? And when you live outside of that, and the, and the, the uh, lions come to prowl, they're going to find that, and they're going to sling it at you, and you're going to fall. Now, there's, uh, there's, there's, the, there's a notion, I'm sure that some of us have thought about this, where you're like, okay, if there's a gun to my head, if there's a gun to my head, I am going to stand for Christ, and I'm confident of it. And I think that most of us would, would feel that way. And, and, and I hope that we would. I, I really do believe that, that if there's a gun in my head that I'm going to say, as, as the, the thoughts of my wife and my kids flash before my eyes, I'm going to say, yes, Jesus is Lord, and I'm gone. I really pray to God that that is my response. But we're not talking about that yet. What we're talking about is not a gun to the head, but a camera on the head. You guys seen those GoPro cameras? Right? That like, you know, you can take videos of people surfing and uh, doing all sorts of crazy wild stuff. You're like, yeah, that looks awesome. I want to do that. I feel like I'm doing it. Woo! Right? The GoPro, those are awesome. Anyway. Um, but this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. There's a GoPro camera on your head, and it follows you around every single moment of every single day, and it's recording what you say. It's recording what you do. It's recording how you speak to others. It's recording what you look at. It's recording and recording and recording. And then somebody comes and he says, hey, I need those tapes. And you... You need what? <clears throat> right? That's like one of those puke moments. I'm not handing these tapes over because you know what's on them. Right? And this is, this is what I want you guys to hear, that, that God is calling us to live faithfully, faithful lives in public. Why? Because when we do, we're standing for Christ. And when people come and accuse you, you are able to stand underneath your faithfulness to the Lord. They had nothing to put on Daniel. Nothing. Nothing. Because he was living faithfully. What can people put on you? Now, are we saying that Daniel was completely perfect? No. We weren't saying that. But we're saying that his life was characterized by following the Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? Is that, is that what your life is characterized by? Every moment, every day? So they couldn't find that on Daniel, and so they decided to look a little further. Listen to this, verse 5. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with what? Somebody say it. The law of his God, that's right. The law of his God. Look, Daniel was so committed and so faithful to the Lord that they said, okay, he's not going to screw up like everybody else does. He's not going to get drunk. He's not going to be talking trash about the king. He's not going to be doing all this stuff. So the only way that we're going to bust this guy is if we tie it to his faith. Daniel was known for his faith. Daniel's faith, faith wasn't a faith just to be believed, but a faith to be lived. And that's what faith is. It's lived out every moment of every day. And so the second way, guys, that we live out this faith, we live a faithful life because we're being watched, we live it out in public, and we live it out in private. Go ahead and write that down. We live it out in private. 
And so they go to the king. Verse 6. Then these presidents and satraps came by agreement to the king, and they said to him, O Darius, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the precepts and the, and the satraps and the counselors and the governors, they, they're all agreed, except for Daniel. He wasn't there, but I guess it doesn't matter. But anyway, they all agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. And therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. Okay, so there's a few things going on here. First of all, these guys, like we said, are jealous, and they find a way to come against them. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to make Daniel commit treason. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make Daniel go against the king. They're trying to say, look, he's talking to Yahweh as if he's you. He's seeking Yahweh's help instead of your help. Like, they're trying to say, he's trying to build this kingdom of God here. Like, they're saying he's coming against you, O king. You've got to establish your power. You've got to establish who you are. So come on. And so King Darius is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm the guy in charge. I'm going to do that. Let's sign it. Let's do it now. And the thing about the law of the Medes and the Persians, and you see this three times in the text, and you even see it if you read through Esther, which Pastor Ryan's going to preach on next week, you see it in there. It can't be changed. Once the law is signed in, you can't change it. Or else the king looks wishy-washy. That's just part of the law. And so there were the, uh, uh, those evil men saying, all right, we got them. We got them in our hands. And what does Daniel do? Verse 10. And when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, okay, he was part of the inner circle. He knew what was going on. He knew that it had been signed. He knew that it was being talked about. So when he knew that it had been signed, and listen to this, there's no hesitation. He went up to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. And he got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This was a pattern in his life. He not only lived out his faith in public, but he lived it out in private. Daniel treasured God. And you've got to understand this, guys. Daniel treasured God. Here was Daniel's choice, right? Have life and forsake God, or have God and forsake life. You guys see that? Have life and forsake God, or have God and forsake life. You can't have both. And this is exactly what what these lions are trying to do. They're trying to get him to the point where he either denied his God, or he denied his life. And Daniel, without a speck of hesitation, says, no, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I've seen the faithfulness of God for 70 years here. And God has told me to follow Him completely. And that's what I'm doing now. And so at that moment, where he basically had the gun to his head, and let me tell you what he, what he was facing, right? It's, it's very complicated. Very complicated. Think of a hill. You guys with me? Hill? Good. Okay, hill. Now, hole. All right? Hole in the hill on the top. Okay, now it's, they dig it out. Then add lions. Okay, add no food. 
And then put a criminal in there. <laughs> right? That's what it is. That's, that, and Daniel knows it. This is a common practice. This wasn't like, all right, we've got to dig a pit. We've got to put some lines in it. Then we've got to throw Daniel in there. No, it was like, this is how we punish those who, who commit treason. So that's where Daniel knew that he was going to go. And it, there was not a moment of hesitation for Daniel. He said, all right, bring on the lions. I've seen my God faithful here. I've seen my God faithful when he took me. I've seen my God faithful with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've seen my God faithful through three kings. I've seen my God faithful through two empires. I've seen my God faithful by raising me up. I've seen my God faithful by putting me over the whole kingdom. I've seen my God faithful. I've seen my God faithful. I've seen my God faithful. I'm not going to deny him now. And he built this up as he lived a life of faith in public and he lived a life of faith in private and he treasured the Lord in his heart. Guys, listen to me very carefully. In this country, that moment of time where you are going to be challenged for your faith is coming a lot sooner rather than a lot later, okay? The time is coming. And if you want to be ready to stand like a rock and not fold like a lawn chair, then you've got to build right now and you've got to treasure Jesus Christ in your heart and you've got to live the life that he's called you to, a life of repentance and faith every single day. Do you guys understand that? There's no way that you can expect that when you're challenged and and your life is at stake, and you got this choice, life or God, if you have not been building in your heart the treasure of Jesus Christ, you are going to fail. But we see in this example of Daniel that he, that he treasured the Lord. He was 100% committed every moment of every day. And you've got to be faithful in order for that to happen. So let's keep reading. Let's see what happens. So Daniel, Daniel decides to pray, and he decides to go against the king. Verse 11, then these men came by agreement, and they found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Oh, there he is. He's doing exactly what we said he was going to do. And then they came near, and they said to the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast to the den of lions? They're like, Right? Right, king? Right? You made that, right? You said that, right? And the king answered and he said, well, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be changed. You know that. It can't be revoked. Verse 13. And then they answered and they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, well, he pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction that you signed, but he makes his petition three times a day. And then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed, and he set his mind to deliver to rescue him. And then these men came by agreement to the king, and, he set, and they said to the king, Know, O king, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Reminding him, and reminding him, and reminding him. And then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought, and he was cast into the lion's den. And the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, see, he noticed his faithfulness. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the, of the den. 
And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And then the king went to his palace and he spent the night fasting. And no diversions were brought to him and sleep fled him. And so that's it. Daniel's thrown to the bloodthirsty lions. And what has Daniel said so far? Has he said anything? The only thing we've heard that he said is he gave thanks to God. And the only thing we heard that he said is that he asked God for help. That's it. So in silence, Daniel is cast into the lion's den. Now, now think about this, guys. Seventy years of faithful service. Seventy years of serving his God by serving the people of Babylon. Because that's what God commanded in Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, he says, go to Babylon and serve them faithfully. Because if you do that, it's going to go well for you. I'll live for my glory there. And so that's what Daniel was doing. And 70 years of that. And usually when you retire, right, you get a nice gold watch and you get a real nice dinner, right? Not Daniel. Well, Daniel got something gold. It was a bunch of golden furry friends. And he didn't get a dinner. He was the dinner. All right? He was the dinner. And the king is absolutely freaking out. He's like, this man, he was faithful. This wasn't, he should not have gone here. This shouldn't have been him. This is my fault. I can't believe this. And he doesn't eat and he doesn't sleep and he doesn't get any entertainment. He's like, no, I can't sleep. None of this. I can't believe it. And he's flipping out. Now imagine you've never heard this story before, all right? Imagine you've never heard it. You're hearing this for the first time. Daniel should be dead. He should be torn to shreds. Verse 19, Then at the break of day, the king arose, and he went in haste to the, to the den of lions. And as he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. And the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God. Once again, faithfulness acknowledged. Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, has he been able to deliver you from the lions? O king, live forever! And there he is, there's Daniel! He's alive! Why? How? What happened? Verse 22, My God sent his angel, and he shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. And then the king was exceedingly glad, and he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found on him because he had, say it with me, trusted in his God. Say it again. No harm was found on him because he trusted in his God. When the lions are swirling around you, and their mouths are drooling, and they're ready to pounce, what do you do? What do you do? Do you flip out like the king and say, oh, why is this happening? Or are you like Daniel, who is sitting in the den of lions, and he's trusting in his God? 
And his God is able. And his God is faithful. And his God sends an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. And so instead of spending a night in agony, he's spending a night in joy. Laying there with the lions. Talking with the angel. In the presence of God. Do you guys see that? Do you see the peace that's there when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of the lion's den? And isn't it amazing and astounding that the lions outside of the den are much more powerful than the lions inside of the den? The enemies are going to attack. The enemies are going to try to make you renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. The enemies are going to search your life and they're going to say, where is it, where is it, where is it? And they're going to comb and comb and comb and throw stuff and throw stuff and throw stuff. And what are you going to do about it? You're going to trust in the Lord your God. Amen? And what does God say to us? Don't you know that God Almighty is able to silence the accusers? Do you know that? Those that are talking trash about you and your faith and bringing all sorts of trumped up charges against you, God can silence the accusers and he will. Don't you know that he loves you and he promises you, I will never forsake you? Do you believe that? Don't you know that Jesus himself said that the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. Amen? And don't you know that Jesus said that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without him knowing. And then he says, how much more does your heavenly Father care for you than these sparrows? Amen? Don't you know that the Scriptures say that all who place their faith in Jesus Christ have the right to be called children of God? And don't you know that we have the most loving and heavenly Father to protect you and to love you and to never let you go? Faith has the power to silence the lions, to shut the lions' mouths. And so when you're in the pit, don't lose faith. Don't lose faith when you're facing the lions. Remember the promises of God. Don't lash out against the Lord for the situation that he's put me in. God, why'd you do this to me? Why I can't believe you did this to me. Why, why am I here? Haven't you seen my faithfulness? No. Be silent and pray before the Lord. Don't sink into self-pity. God, it's been so long. It's been so long that I've been here. I just can't find my way out of this. They're against me. They're going to destroy me. They're going to eat me. God, don't you care about me? Are you trusting that your Savior is able to save you? Call out to the Lord in faith. He's on your side. And there's absolutely nothing that He cannot do. And so we've seen that, that we need to live a faithful life in public and in private because you're being watched. We've seen that, that we do that because God can shut the mouths of lions. And finally, here's the end of the story. Everyone will see God's ultimate authority. Everyone will see God's ultimate authority. 
Listen to what happens. So remember, the king brought David up out, or Daniel up out of, the, uh, out of the pit. Daniel testifies to what God did. Verse 24. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and they were cast into the den of lions. They, their children and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and they broke all their bones to pieces. The accusers who wanted Daniel in the den, they went in the den. The accusers who wanted Daniel's life to be destroyed, they were destroyed. Why? Because the king said it? No! Because God shut the mouths of the lion. That's why. Not because of the king. And the king will even tell you that. Listen to what the king says. Verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples and the nations and the languages that dwell in all the earth. And he said, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdoms shall never be destroyed. And his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and He rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. King Darius isn't saying me, me, me. He's saying He, He, He. He's the one who did it. He's the one who saves. He's the one who saves to the uttermost. Guys, God is going to get the glory. And don't you understand that when you're staring those lions in the face, They don't get the last laugh. God does. And we can stand firm in this because the accusers are the ones who got sent to the lion's den. And that is a clear picture of what's going to happen in Revelation when Satan and all who follow him and all who accuse the Christians and all who hate Christ are thrown into the eternal lake of fire. All who have not bowed their knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the end. It's a horrible, horrible thing. We don't rejoice in the fact that these men were destroyed. We don't rejoice in the fact that those who do not call upon the name of Christ will one day be uh, be destroyed. We don't rejoice in that. God does does not rejoice in the destruction of the wicked. He tells us that much. But the fact is that we rejoice that God is going to be glorified. And in the end, justice wins because God wins. And justice will be had. And so you can look those enemies in the eye and know that we know the end of the story and that they lose. Because Jesus wins. And it's the king who he thought that he could rescue Daniel. He thought that he had ultimate authority. But no, he tried twice to rescue Daniel. And he even said to Daniel, the only shot you got is the God that you saved, that you serve continually. And in the end, that's who saved him. And that's who, get the, who got the glory, the Lord God. It was the exiles in, uh, in, that were living in Babylon who saw their man, Daniel, stand up once again for the cause of God. And he was found faithful. And they saw that when you are faithful, God rewards that faithfulness. Daniel said when he came up out of the pit, I'm blameless. And he was. And God was faithful. And so the people of God were encouraged to see God be faithful to his man and our brother, Daniel. 
And all the people of the world heard. And in the end, it is the Lord Jesus Christ who reigns over all. This is a prophetic word that Darius gave about Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who is the living God. It is Jesus who endures forever. It's Jesus whose kingdom shall never be destroyed. It's Jesus whose dominion shall be to the end. It's Jesus who delivers. It's Jesus who rescues. It's Jesus who works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. And it's Jesus who is the one who not only saved Daniel from the pit, but is able to save you and shut the mouths of the lions. Amen? And if you're sitting here today against the Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that it's clear to you that you, this will not end well. I hope that it's clear to you that Jesus has the power and the authority and the dominion and the little stick that you're wagging at him and at his people is worthless. And the message that he has for you today is repent, turn, trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, you are God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He will, and He does, and He forgives your sins if you come and you ask for forgiveness. I don't care who these lions are today or who they're going to be in the future, but trust me, they're going to circle you. But we trust in the God who can and will silence and ultimately destroy these lions. Satan and all of his folks have got nothing against us. So don't be afraid and staying strong in your faith because we are the sons and the daughters of the King who reigns forever. I'd like to ask you guys to stand up with me. We're going to read that passage together. And we're going to read it as a prayer to the Lord. We're going to close out with this. And uh, the, the band is going to play. And I, I want us to sing to the King who reigns forever, louder than you have all morning, because to him belongs all the glory. Let's read this together. For you, O Lord, are the living God. You endure forever. Your kingdom shall never be destroyed, and your dominion shall be to the end. You deliver, and you rescue. You work signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. You who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.